This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's Word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. Psalm 5 is a psalm of petition or request. It's a psalm of David, and it is a psalm that uh, asks God certain things. And during the process of asking for for God to hear David, David uh, goes through a process. And uh, the process is very important. Uh, it reveals David's understanding of God. It deal, It really reveals David's um, understanding of who God is and how God operates. And so uh, as we go through the psalm, as we go through the song that David had sung, this new song uh, for him, uh, we understand that that David is is revealing his walk with God. He is showing us how he uh, deals with God and how he uh, understands God and how God uh, deals with him. He says, uh, he starts out in verse one, he says, give an ear, give uh, ear to my words, O Lord, uh, consider my meditation. Now notice, he's not just saying uh, that he's coming up and asking God uh, for things. He's he's not bringing a laundry list or a, uh, a Christmas list where he is asking God to uh, do certain things for him. Uh, what he's doing is he's actually uh, saying, God, I want you to consider uh, not just uh, my desires, not just the things that I know that I, I want or I need. And uh, again, we'll say that there's a difference between wants and needs. Wants are things that uh, we would like to have, that we would like to see as a part of our lives. They can be physical things. They can be relational things. They can be the intangible or the tangible. But uh they're, they're things that we want that we think will make our life better. And God is in the business of, of, of taking care of those things in the sense that he wants to give us a full and complete life. And our wants tend to complete things or fill things in our lives. They're not necessarily necessary, but sometimes they're those good things that, uh, that make life even a little bit sweeter and a little bit better. And God is not against that. That being said, God is really, really into meeting our needs and our needs are the things that uh well they're just the things that we've got to have in order to survive and they can be both tangible and intangible also relationship is one of the things we're made for and so uh depth of relationship varied relationships relationships with uh people that are uh, like us relationships with people that are not like us uh people that uh, uh add something new and different to our lives in the sense of uh they uh, see life from a new perspective or or they bring out certain aspects of our character and nature which are good and which we uh, have not developed. Uh, those things are important. And then obviously our physical needs, the needs we have each and every day just to survive. God's in the business of meeting those needs. But notice, 
Uh, David's not just asking God to meet those needs or or to to consider what he's got to say. He's saying, consider my meditations. And what, what that means is, is consider the things that uh, that my heart uh, is 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 yearning for and desiring. Consider consider what I think when I read your word. And what he's what he's really saying is, is as I as I seek you out, as I seek your word and your truth. As I seek that understanding, uh, consider how that affects me. And, you know, that's very important in the understanding that, you know, God is a God of uh, uh, revelation. And, and we, we'll, we, talk, we will talk about this and we have talked about this uh, in the past. But the truth is, is God's got his uh, general revelation in, um, in creation uh, it's an aspect of, of the unveiling of aspects of his character that's seen in Roman chapter one. All that may might be known about him is clearly seen in that which he created. Uh, his general character and his the just awesomeness and glory is in is in his creation. Then you've got the specific revelation of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And uh, the word of God is that revelation of that son. And so Jesus is is the specific revelation of God, his character, his nature. He is the physical manifestation of the divine qualities of God. And so uh, understanding that God does that, but also understanding that God takes his general revelation and more importantly, his specific revelation, his son, Jesus Christ, and he gives you personal revelation about the life that you're living because he's given you a special, unique life that glorifies him. And so he's giving you that general revelation, I mean, that uh, uh, individual revelation so that you can you can understand him, uh, that you can uh, know him, that you can see the world from his perspective, and so that you can glorify him in your unique way and in your unique circumstances. And so he says, give heed to my voice in verse uh, two, uh, uh, the voice of my cry, my king and my God, for to you I will pray. Notice he's he, he's recognizing, and, and this is always important uh, that we understand that. Even Jesus, when he taught the disciples to pray, he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And under, understand that his name is great. His name is holy. His name is, is righteous. His name is unapproachable. His name is majestic. And so David here is going along uh, clearly with that idea that uh, runs throughout scripture that God is sovereign. God is over all things. He's above all things. He has made all things and all things come from him. And so he says, listen, I want you to hear my cry because you are my king and my God. Uh, that means you're my sovereign and you are the one who has, is the author of all things. And understanding that sovereignty of God and that God is one to be feared and that he is, he is the author of all things. He's more enormous, more great, more powerful than we could ever imagine. And well, that's an, under, that's an understanding that's important as you're dealing with God and as you're, as you're uh, speaking with God. Understanding that allows you to open your mind to who he is and it allows you to open your heart so that, uh, so that those things that you are and that need to be changed or need to become more and to, to be, be developed, God, God has access to them because you've opened them up because you've said you're sovereign over everything and you're, you're the one who's created all things. And so I want you to be a part of my life. And so he says, for to you, I'll pray. 
and, and verse three says, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning, I will direct it to you and I will look and, and I will look up. Now, for me, morning is the most important time. Now, I know there are other people that are not that way. And remember, God's made you uniquely. And so don't beat yourself up. A lot of times we get in condemnation when we don't uh, find ourselves exactly the way uh, some of the Christians around us are uh, in the sense of we're, we're just not made the way they are. And uh, that happens sometimes. I mean, you know, uh, you, you may not be a morning person and you may be a night owl. And uh, that might be the time where your mind is the sharpest. That might be the time when you're when you're uh, uh, open and, and able to uh, receive God's word and receive God's truth. And, and there is nothing wrong with that. But for David, it's quite clear as you study through scripture for David, uh, it's he, he understands the importance of having that clarity of thought and that clarity of understanding early in the morning, because that's when he operates his best. I actually operate my best, probably mentally speaking from around 6.30 till about 10.30. And uh, that's the time period during the day where I'm going to think uh, the most precise. I'm going to uh, ponder things in the most depth. And so for me, I would agree with David. I'm going to give God, when I give God time during the day, we're going to give God the best time during the day. We're going to give God the time uh, during the day that is uh, the most us. I guess that's the best way to say it. It's the most us. Uh, we give God uh, uh, the most of us at the best of us. And uh, that's what you should be doing. You should be giving God uh, your best time during the day. Now, you don't have to give him all day in the sense of you just like a monk. That's all you're doing is praying and, and singing. We have lives to live, we, but but we're, we're inviting God during that important, that intimate time where we give God our time. We're inviting him to join us in our day. And obviously, God wants to join us in our day. He, he wants you to be productive. He wants you to be out there doing things. He wants you to be out there changing the world you live in. So, so he doesn't want us to be in a monastery or, or, or uh, in a place where we're not actually having any, any interaction with the world or the creation he's made for us. He wants us to be out there in it. But he wants us to give, us, give him some time during our best time so that... Um, well, so that he has the opportunity to open our eyes to see the world the way he, he, he has made it. He says, in the morning, I will direct it to you and I will look up for you not for you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. Now, he understands that that God is not interested. God does not have anything to do with our natural, fleshly, sinful wickedness. He, he is not. And uh, so many times uh, when we're dealing with our uniqueness, and we've talked about that in this Bible study, when we're dealing with our uniqueness, we, we want to say, well, that's just the way I am. Now, you are unique, and you're uniquely made by God for a unique purpose and a unique sharing of his grace. But your uniqueness was not uniquely made for uh, God to uniquely allow you to uniquely walk in wickedness. And that's the most unique way I can say that to you. He is not interested in you walking in wickedness. He is interested in cleansing you of that and allowing you to fully live life. And uh, evil, wickedness, sin, which is all the things that the best way for me to describe it is not God. All those things that are in you that are not God are destructive for you. And you have unique qualities and natures and parts of you, and especially your your uh, your environment. You only you've walked the path that you've walked in the in the in the uh, 
creation that God has made. And only you have experienced the things that you have experienced in the creation that God has made. Now, other people may have experienced it at the same time or other spirit may, people in the world may have experienced very similar things, but you experienced it at the same time, at one time and at one place in the space time continuum. You, you have, you have experienced it uniquely at that time and you're uniquely qualified to be uh, perfectly in communion with God. And you are uniquely qualified to walk in righteousness and holiness, which is, which comes by faith. You're uniquely qualified to do that. And God is not interested in you walking in wickedness. And that's difficult. It's not easy, but it's a part of what God is doing as he gets to know you because you allow him into your life. He says the boastful uh, shall not stand in your sight. Notice pride is the original sin of Satan. It is not something that is that is able to be in the presence of God. You have you hate all workers of iniquity. Notice God hates sin and he does. God hates everything that's not him. And uh, God, God hates not God. God hates that which is uh, that that which is against what his nature and his plan is. He says, you shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and the deceitful man. Notice he's gone through those those things that are destructive. And why does God abhor that? Well, if you think about it, iniquity, falsehood, uh, uh, the seeking the destruction of others is seeking to destroy that which God loves because God loves his creation and God loves his people and God loves uh, the people around you. For God so loved the world. God loves this place. And when we act in a way that's contrary to the best interest of ourselves, but more importantly, to the best interest of those around us, we're act acting contrary to how God made the world that we live in. And, and, and we are in many, many ways uh, being very destructive of it. He says, he says, but as for me, I will come into your house in the multitudes of your mercy. Notice uh, you've got that idea of grace and mercy here. Well, mercy is the idea of getting, uh, of not getting what I deserve. Uh, grace is the idea that God gives me what I do not deserve. And so he says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to come into your mercy because he's just got through talking about sin and sin is a plague on all of humanity. Ever since Adam in the garden, it's a plague on humanity. And so uh, we struggle with it and you struggle with it and I struggle with it. And every person that walks the face of the earth and our, again, I say very unique way, we struggle with sin. We do. And uh, you struggle with it your own unique way and you struggle with it in your own unique walk. And uh, and the only way for you to uh, deal with it is is to come to terms with it in the multitude of God's mercy. And my God's mercy is multiplicitous. It is huge. It is enormous. It's more than you can imagine. And it, it, it is able to seep down deep within your sinfulness and remove it. It is God's mercy. He says, I fear you, uh, the, in fear of you, I worship toward your holy temple. Notice he's, he's saying again, God, you're God, you're over all things. You're more than I can imagine. You're, you're someone to be feared in the sense of you are so great and I'm nothing. And he says, I'm going to come and worship you in your holy temple. And by the way, you have that, you have that spot inside of you uh, that God has placed in you. It's the kingdom of God. It's the propitiation spot. It's the spot where the eternal meets the physical. It's inside of you. And it is the place where you're able to enter into the holy temple of God. And uh, those who are born again have that. And you ought to strive desperately 
to enter into his holy temple and to meet with him each and every day. He said, lead me, O Lord, verse 8, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Notice he's saying, I want you to lead me uh, <clears throat> in, my, in, in your righteousness. Notice uh, righteousness comes by faith and uh, faith alone. Now, we're wanting to walk in God's righteousness, which comes from his very nature. And he says, he says I want you to do that while... Uh, while I'm in the midst of my enemies, make your way straight before my face. What he's saying is I want to know the path I'm supposed to walk because there are those around me who are not going to walk that path. And there's those around me that seek to destroy that path. Lord, make a way for me. Lord, make a way for me. And you know, that way is Jesus Christ. And he has made that way for you. But you know, in, in that, in that uh, personal revelation from God, you have your unique walk uh, that you have to walk with him. The order is the steps of the righteous, and you've got to figure out what that walk is for you. And uh, uh, don't, don't sit back and say, I can't. Don't sit back and say, I'm afraid, because remember, fear is the opposite of faith. And uh, don't sit back and say that, uh, that God is, I'm not sure if God's there. Uh, that's, that's saying that uh, you, don't, you don't believe God's word, that uh, you don't trust him. So uh, fear is the opposite of faith. Uh, uh, unbelief is, causes us not to walk in it. And uh, the truth is, is that God has prepared it for you. And you ought to try to figure out what is my walk of righteousness before God. He says, for there's no faithfulness in their mouth. He's talking about the uh, ones around him that are his enemies. Uh, they're not people of faith. And, and look, you can't look around and say, uh, well, these people are doing this, Lord, so I'm going to act uh, in some way that's not according to what your plan is for me. Can't do that. Their inward parts is destruction, and their throats are open tombs, and they flatter with their tongue. What he's saying is they, they operate outside of uh, your will, but I'm not going to allow that to, to misdirect me on the path that you have for me. Uh, just because they're that way does not mean that I have to be that way. Just because they operate in that in uh, that fashion doesn't mean that I have to operate in that fashion. And and so uh, the, my inward parts don't have to be doomed for destruction. Um, my my uh, mouth and and uh, uh, what I say doesn't have to be an open tomb of death. Uh, I don't have to flatter people in order to get what God has for me. Uh, what I need to do is I need to love people and take care of people. He says, pronounce them guilty, O God. What he's saying is, I want to know that that's wrong and what the way you have for me to walk in is right. Let them fall by their own counsels. He says, I want to see that their counsel doesn't work. He says, cast them out of the multitude of their transgressions. He's saying, he's saying show me that they're not a part of what you're doing because their transgressions have led them away from you for they have rebelled against you. And that's what verse 10 ends with. They have. And remember everything that's not God is rebellion against who he is. Uh, and so if, if they're walking in sinfulness, they're walking in rebellion from God and understanding that uh, helps you walk in the way God has for you. Notice he makes this transition verse 11, but let all those who rejoice, who put their trust in you, let them ever shout of joy because you defend them. He, notice he says, but let all those who rejoice, who put their trust in you, let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. God does defend us when we walk in his way. And, and God does bring joy to us and uh, an excitement. And, and that's why in worship, we, we need to be excited. 
there, there needs to be an excitement about being there. And the only reason there wouldn't be is, is because you've allowed the troubles of this world to overshadow your understanding who God is, or you've allowed the sin of this world to overtake you so that you're walking in your own condemnation and you're not, not walking in God's mercy and not uh, receiving his grace. The only, that's the only reason you would, wouldn't walk in joy. You need to hear me. You, you need to hear me. You're, you're not either not, you're not figuring it out that uh, God's in control and uh, you're allowing the situations of life to overwhelm you, or you're allowing the sin of your own flesh and your own heart and your own mind uh, to overwhelm you and to have control over you so that you walk in condemnation over your sin. Uh, all those things are taken care of by God's mercy and grace. And if you're not experiencing joy and worship, you need to experience God. So you need to come in, worship him, come in, open yourself up to him, allow him to change you, allow him to make a new life for you. And in that new life, allow him to open you up so that you can have his very best. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. That's the end of verse 11. What a great uh, uh, sentence that is. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. And when we love God, how do we love God? Well, we do what he says. We hear his commandments. We hear his truth. We hear his precepts. We hear his, his uh, um, commissions, and we do what he says. And we do it, and we walk in it, and joy fills our hearts. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Notice he says you're going to bless those who are righteous. Righteousness comes by faith. So when we hear God, we believe him, we trust him, and we act upon his word. Uh, and, and that's how you, you have his righteousness. And that's how you have uh, a, a fulfillment of your purpose in this world and a fulfillment of life. With favor, you will surround him with a shield. And notice God's favor is on you uh, when you walk in righteousness. And he opens doors that you could never open. He unveils doors that you would never see. And he allows you to experience life in a way you could not experience it before because he is the author of that life. And you didn't know it. You couldn't know it because your sin and your fear and your doubt have kept you from it. But he's not in the business of doing that. He's in the business of increasing your faith, opening your eyes to see his purposes, his way, his path for you, and ultimately providing you his favor that shields you and protects you and gives you his very, very best. That's God's plan for your life. And I pray uh, today that you would walk in it in Jesus name. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.